What's up, everyone? It's Mike coming at you with a special episode. This is not a regular episode of Shu the podcast, if you can't tell. This is a special Curb blog that I recorded with Chris Neosi. You may know him as Curbifer. Been on the show several times in the past. He brought me on to his show, Curb Blog, that he puts up over on his YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Curbifer15, um, to talk about the first arc of Dragon Ball Super, which he calls the Beerus arc. It is a topic that we had been planning on on doing here on our podcast for a little bit, and we probably still will, uh, because it was a different show for a different audience. We talked a little bit more generally about the production of Dragon Ball Super. Uh, it's stuff that you probably have heard a lot about here on uh, our podcast already. So while it may be a little bit of a double dip coming in the future here on our show, we will get more of the staff and our regular contributors to talk more about the first arc of Dragon Ball Super here as we really head into uh, the next story arc. We're in this little trans transition period right now, heading into Frieza movie retelling stuff. But anyway, we will just get into it here. Uh, I'm tossing it in the feed because, well, I'm the one who edited the show for Chris, so I feel like if I'm going to put in that work, I may as well release it in the feed as well. Technically, I think this is the 400th thing in our podcast RSS feed as we're releasing this. We are just about two weeks away from the 10th anniversary of the podcast, so enjoy the special episode that I didn't really coordinate, but I edited anyway, and we'll see you next time for a regular episode of Con sends you the podcast. And so a few more episodes have aired over in Japan, adapting the Battle of Gods. So we're gonna talk about them on Kerblog. Welcome, everybody. It's another another Dragon Ball Z related talk. Oh, I'm, I've you've never heard that on this channel before. Uh, but uh, I'm I'm joined once again by a lovely guest who's been on. Uh, I think the grand majority of these, along with Ben Diskin by this point. Hi, Mike. Thank you for, for coming. Hi, Chris. I started with Super Dragon Ball Z, and here I am talking about Dragon Ball Super with you. <laughs> it's all, all well, eventually it'll, we'll, we'll have um, Ball Super Dragon as the, <laughs> uh, as, as some new JRPG game or something. So I, I know I'm sure by this point people already know who you are, but just for the hell of it, and because I've ripped off so much of your whole style of doing things, uh, t- tell us a little bit about about who you are, what you do, etc. Why are you talking to me about Dragon Ball again? Sure, my name is Mike. Uh, when I was 16, I came up with the screen name Vegito EX. I am one of the four guys that runs the website Kanzen Shu. We have been around since 1998. Wait, no, I made the screen name in 96? I, I don't know. It's been a long time, man. I've been doing this for a really, really long time. Yes, and, and all you all need to know out there, and you might not know him by name, but definitely if, if, you've, if you've been to any halfway reputable Dragon Ball fan site of any kind or gotten any sort of news, it's probably come from Konzenshu because as they've been proving, especially with recent uh, things like unconfirmed rumor, confirmed to be rumored type of <laughs> bull- bullshit going around on the internet, Konzenshu has been truly one of, one of, if not the most reputable DBZ fan site in ages. And, you know, you guys have been covering so much all the time, forever in ages. And you I know. Do a great job at I it. made the joke on Twitter the other day. I'm not a journalist, but I play one on the internet. I mean, as, <laughs> as much as you can be a faux anime journalist, that's what we try to do with Dragon Ball, of all things. And, and that sounds entirely ridiculous, and it totally is. But the way I've been describing it is people deserve better. And if Goku... Wait, no. How's it go? If I don't do it, who will? Uh, why am I already? <laughs> I've already lost my cred here. I can't remember so the movie thirteen title. So if I can't stop it, covering all the news, then we'll get bad info because it's his incredible passion, Dragon Ball Z. Nobody will get that anyway. Uh, I know what you're, you're doing. Welcome, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know you'll you'll get it because you do. But anyway, yes. Well, I called Mike on here because, as those of you who have, if you've not been living under a rock. Uh, then you know full well that Dragon Ball Super has been airing for the last four months. Uh, I did a curb log a while back about the first three episodes as it was beginning, and then I decided originally, and I even talked to Mike about this, I was going to do like some sort of, uh, I guess, like talking dead type of thing where like every week I, or like every few weeks I'd do like an update. Here's the next three episodes of Dragon Ball Super or whatever. But ha ha, so I, were we. Yeah, and well, I mean, because I was going to get to the fact that, you know, of course you do the Consensu podcast as well where you talk more about, uh, you know, kind of personal things and reviews and, and, you know, your own thoughts and opinions on different things and whatnot. But you guys haven't really been talking 
about super on your show lately it's been uh, rough i mean we are at the point where two-fourths which is one half of the consensu staff uh has young kids so it's tough to get all of us together or even of some course, of us yeah. together to yeah. talk and uh as we head into the holiday season i mean it's just been tough to do podcast episodes so when we can do things it's like whatever evergreen topic we have that's what we've been doing so most recently we did talk about the first four chapters of toyotaro's dragon ball super manga adaptation which runs in v-jump so there's some content for you of course but and and, and you've been covering news about the show there's yes, been lots yes. of stuff with uh you know the, the newest episode summaries and titles coming out and in, in, in i think in v-jump as well right yeah i mean titles kind of come out and are announced through v-jump which is suasha's multimedia magazine mostly video game coverage psycho jump which is their bi-monthly even more kidified magazine and there's also weekly shonen jump which comes out every monday in japan so there's all sorts of announcements always coming out through all these different things that's in addition to all the japanese press that they usually do of course and and you guys are always you know i mean you have correspondence in japan with with julian you have uh uh not heath but jake who can who can do japanese translations of things as quickly as possible so you've been you've been on top of your shit consistently for all this time and when it comes to super which is kind of like the big hot topic right now after uh resurrection f was all done um you know that's that's been like the big thing that's going on in the the fandom and the world of this whole franchise but uh, but again you guys haven't really i mean you know for, for various circumstances like you're saying uh haven't had a whole lot of time to do new episodes in general and and you and you've put your own uh you know topics that you've had more interest in above just talking about whatever the newest episodes are uh which is you know Understandable. Right. So we're, we're doing all the documentation that we can, and then our opinions kind of fall by the wayside, and we will get back to them. We feel that our opinions are nice, and we're glad that people enjoy listening to those and reading them, but it's the facts that we're most interested in, and that's where our priority lies. Of course, which is also part of the reason why I'm always happy to have folks like you and uh, Kaiser Neko, who unfortunately could not join us because he's very busy, as per the usual, with doing a million things. Uh, not that you're not also, but, you know, he's just... I was say, what do you need, Scott, to have me on? What's the problem? <laughs> no, I just like having both of you on because we all just go absolutely stupid into geek mode with this type of stuff. But uh, Got it. But it's okay. I guess I'll just settle for just you by yourself, whatever. All right, man, let's um, get into it. What do you want to <laughs> talk about? All right, Dragon Ball Super has, as of, uh, this, this is going to be coming out on uh, November 7th. And uh, a new episode, I believe, will be airing within the next 24 hours of this going up. But as of this time, uh, about 16 episodes or so have aired of the show. And uh, the, the majority of the content that we've gotten in the last several months has been an adaptation of the Dragon Ball Z Battle of Gods movie material uh, with Beerus as the main antagonist. Uh, and, of course, focusing on stuff like the Super Saiyan God transformation with Goku and, you know, hitting all of the key sort of, you know, new plot points that were brought up in, in the overarching story and, you know, where everything is placed in the timeline of after Majin Buu is defeated. Oh, well, okay. that's the one thing that they haven't touched on. But, yeah, okay. well, I mean, of course, obviously, it's taken a lot of liberties from uh, the movie. It's It's been, you know, yeah, far yeah. stretched out into several hours over the course of many, many episodes by this point. So so both of us uh, on both on Microblog and on your on your guys podcast have talked about the first few episodes, which were completely new material right. uh, for the entire show. And, uh, you know, we were we were having a great time talking about that. And it was really, really fun and, and amusing. And, you know, some just new lighthearted kind of misadventure stories with the characters and everything. And, you know, and then we, we didn't really know until, you know, the the show started airing right then that they were going to be adapting both uh, Battle of Gods and as we're just about to get into the Resurrection F, uh, F stories into uh, the plot of the show, albeit, you know, taking a lot of liberties and et cetera. Uh, so that's what we've had. And then a after wrapping that up, we've had some completely new uh, material. And we also know that after they finish adapting both of the movies, we're going to get a completely new story arc uh, that has been teased in the previously mentioned uh, Toyotaro manga adaptation. That is uh, what what was the press statement on that? They're like, like flashing ahead past the, yeah, the charging on forward with new shampoo material. And do you want to yeah. talk about that real quick? I, I mean, so if you don't know who Toyotaro is, we're 99.999 repeating uh, percent sure Sure that he is Toybull of one of the Dragon Ball AF Dojinshi fan manga, fan manga, fan manga in Japan. Uh, he got hired to do uh, official stuff. He 
started with something called Dragon Ball Heroes Victory Mission, which ran for 28 chapters in V-Jump. It was this side spin-off manga telling the story, sort of, of Dragon Ball Heroes, which is that card-based arcade game in Japan with its own cast of characters. After that wrapped have. up, which we don't have, right? Um, after that wrapped up, it went on hiatus. We didn't really know what was going on. Oh, it turned out he was going to do a manga adaptation of the new Frieza movie. And that was interesting because it only ran for three chapters. It was this introductory promotional, like get you hyped for it. The first two chapters of that came out before the movie did. And then the third chapter came out as the movie was coming out. So it didn't adapt the whole movie, but got you psyched from the movie. That wrapped up. And then he moved on now to the Dragon Ball Super manga adaptation, which if you've checked it out, is very different from what's airing on TV in that Champa, and who we now know as Vados, have been in it since the very beginning. I think chapter two, so not the very beginning, but very close to the beginning. Uh, in terms of the TV series, we haven't seen them other than the opening themes. So it's kind of very, very strange how we're getting the same story in two completely different ways. Um, and then it seems to be because he just did at least part of the Frieza manga right before Dragon Ball Super in the exact same magazine. They came up with this great idea of, well, let's not have him redraw the same thing again. <laughs> we'll yeah. introduce that freeze is coming and we'll just skip ahead to do more stuff. And since that's only coming out monthly, once a month in V-Jump, um, it just gives a, a very strange yet intriguing timetable of what's being printed in the manga and how is that different from the TV series? You know, it's funny that you just remember, I, I, I never thought of this correlation before, but uh, I don't know if you know too much about Kingdom Hearts, but there's a manga adaptation of that uh, game series, of course, uh, really beautiful artwork that captures the Disney style and the anime style. And uh, they adapted uh, all of the major games, including Chain of Memories, which was a Game Boy Advance game that takes place between the first and second game. Right, and right. it has Sora and Donald and Goofy going back to a lot of the same Disney worlds that they already went to in Kingdom Hearts 1. So when they did the manga adaptation, it's like, all right, well, we've kind of already done a lot of this, just like you do it again in the game. So it's like, what do we do? All right, well, let's just kind of finagle around and just focus on mainly the, the new stuff so we don't have to keep like you know, showing people the same thing over and over. Got In it. the case of this, you know, uh, we not only do we have this manga adaptation of the show, but, you know, in, in some ways we've had like three or four different interpretations of the same, you know, uh, uh, specifically the, the Beerus, you know, Battle of Gods. Yeah, stuff yeah. Where, you know, between the, you know, like the, there was the, the Chibi uh, Dragon Ball SD manga that was done by a different artist a while ago that was kind of its own version of it. There was the movie itself. Right. There was the anime adaptation of it for Super. And then there was the manga that like really sped through absolutely everything with, with all that material. Uh, you know, so we have, all, and, and I mean, we're not going to get into like what is canon and what's not or whatever, because that's a whole nother. I mean, if anything, this, this shows you why that conversation is ultimately, it's super fun. It's ultimately pointless. Yeah, it, it's it just it is what it is that you just kind of enjoy it or not enjoy it or, or pick whatever you know you like the most from it and just it is what it is. But again, that's a whole nother conversation. Uh, so what I want to talk about uh, as we're eleven minutes into this now, uh, the episodes themselves. So yeah. uh, if I'm remembering your podcast episode right, and from what I was talking about on my curb blog when I covered the first three episodes, the new stuff that we got at the very beginning of the show, we were enjoying. We were. You know, I think back to that first episode, and I think we did have a little bit too much excitement going into it as I rewatch it a few times. It's not as great as I remember, but it's still really fun. I, I think just seeing Goku in his Jump Super Animator special outfit, dealing with the radishes and all that stuff and the farming, it's just such a great setup for where we thought we were heading. Um, the Goten and Trunk stuff, maybe not that exciting, but, but still just having that downtime. I always love that downtime. Um, in filler in the TV series. Um, just recently, Team Four Star did their uh, movie Seven Abridged. I think back to the uh, the shopping in the mall at the beginning. Think back to the uh, the camping in DBZ Movie Three. I always love that stuff. So to get a little bit of that here in Dragon Ball Super, that was exciting. Um, I mean, Vegeta's family vacation. Th there were so many great jokes in there where he had the fruit equivalents of Zarbon and Dodoria as he came out through the forest. I mean, it was just. 
littered with gags and so much fun and so much attention to detail. We were having a great time. And then we just kept having this beers and we stuff going on like, okay, we're just going to get into Battle of Gods here, aren't we? And I think collectively, Phantom just kind of like our interest was there, but it was, well, ultimately we know where this is heading. So how excited can we get should we get here yeah and it's funny because when i first heard about that that was what they were going to do the first thing that i ever thought of and mike i know that you're a big fan of uh, futurama oh my uh, god yes. is is when uh, a while ago and i was a, I oh the movies little, yeah 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 i was a little disappointed in what they ultimately did but i knew that when when they did the movies the intention was that they were going to split each of the four of those up into four episodes each making uh, a new season of 12 episodes to comprise of all the movie stories. Right. And that supposedly they were going to have some new material at, at the bookends and the beginnings of each one, which they didn't end up doing. And, you know, it is what it is. And I just kind of enjoy those as they are, as the original movies the, of the, the four Futurama films. And only, only the first of those four is any good. And I, I love fair, Futurama, fair but yeah. Fair enough. Just the, saying. Fir- the first one, the first one's definitely the best. Yeah. I, the other ones are, are all right for what they're worth. But either way, the, uh, the w- what I was assuming at first was that they were going to literally take the footage from Battle of Gods and make them into episodes and maybe add some new stuff, you know, here and there. And and I I I guess I was I was a little surprised, but I I feel like for a point I'm going to get to later uh, that that it it was a better idea to go that way, just in terms of like not literally having like two. We already have like stuff with with Kai, where it's like you know two different versions of the same, technically the same right, material, it's the exact same footage. Yes, yeah. yeah. So so doing that for this, I feel like maybe would have been a little weird, especially if it's like, oh, you know, what if like you had a, a DVD, you know, that, that just literally had the episodes that equate to the movie where it's mm. like, or I could just buy the movie, right, uh, right. you know? Yeah, um, you know, I respect what they did. I don't know that I want to play the what if game of what if they did just use the movie. It is what it is. I'm glad it is what it is just because it's something new and something different. It is literally giving us something to talk about here. But there are definite things I like more about the movie and there might even be some things I like more about Super's version of the story. I think that's going to require more time. I mean, especially for Konzenshu and all the documentation we did on Battle of Gods. I mean, I hate to kind of like pat myself on the back, but everything we know about that movie and its pre-production and its post-production, I mean, we really brought to light. Like, Heath and Julian and Jake and I lived in that movie and its script and all of its ancillary material. I mean, all the different magazines that came out, all the different interviews Reviews. There's like nothing I don't know about Battle of Gods. So to me, Dragon Ball Super was something interesting that I could go into and be like, I don't know how different this may be. That's relatively exciting to me. Yeah, and to, you know, to give you a pat on the back too, I'll, I'll, for a little plug. Definitely, if you guys have not gone like kind of snooping around some of the more uh, in-depth parts of Konzenshu beyond just the news. Uh, they have they have like a, a huge compilation of different things about uh, the entire existence of that movie, as Mike was saying, and it's definitely worth reading up on because there's a lot of like really like kind of shocking stuff that you'd be kind of surprised about, uh, especially when it was still in like kind of its early stages. The general kind of consensus I've seen from a lot of people is that people seem to like the original movie as it was more so. Not not necessarily like, I hate the super adaptation, but they like the movie more. Yeah, I agree. And I think the fact that it's a concise, well-told story has something to do with it. Not that super is or has filler material because it's original to the TV series. It it inherently can't have filler. Things can feel like they're filling time, but the definition of filler is stuff, I mean, in terms of anime anyway, is stuff added to the TV series to pad out time um, that was not in the original manga. I mean, that's a whole nother discussion. So, I mean, I, Dragon Ball Super as a TV series, it feels like Dragon Ball Z did, where, like, the, the TV to manga ratio, but Dragon Ball Super's manga isn't the original source, so, like, it's really hard to dr- draw those comparisons, but you can tell the stuff is packed it out and stretched over time so they can fill time so they can fill episodes as opposed to the movie where it's, they chopped down that movie to fit a theatrical runtime and then they did an extended edition of that film which i've 
I maintained feels shorter than the original one just because of how well it's constructed. So th- there's stuff about Battle of Gods in that respect where it just moves along. It's moving at a great clip. In terms of Dragon Ball Super, there's that one episode for me where it's the ceremony to bring about Super Saiyan God. And yes, something happens that episode. They bring about Super Saiyan God. But to me, that definitely felt like nothing happened this episode versus the movie where it's like, oh, we got it wrong, but okay, let's do this and and we're done. And, you know, it it is interesting, too, because I I get exactly what you mean, where it's like it feels like Dragon Ball Z, where it has that same kind of feeling of, like, oh, my God, like. We only got a little bit of what happened, but but next episode it's gonna you know this is gonna happen. But next episode, yeah, and then it's three episodes of Goku and Beer saying, "Well, now I'm just getting started." Oh no, I was yeah. kidding. Now I'm really just getting. Oh no, even that was a lie. Now I'm just getting started. And, and you know what? Because I mean, as a lot of people probably know from from you know their their typical kind of anime, uh, you know, not like the long running franchise type ones like DBZ. You know, an anime can be anywhere from like 13 to 26 episodes, and then that's it. It's done. So. So seeing that the, as I'm kind of jokingly referring to this as the Beerus saga, as you know, the, 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 the phrase that people seem to like because of Funimation's old VHS tapes. Everything's a saga, a, Everything's a, a, two, a yeah. two tape saga. Okay. <laughs> Sure. That was, I mean, that was, that was circumstantial. the Captain King you stuff. Yeah, I know. But, but yeah, I mean, like seeing that they, they have like, okay, like an, a a typical 13 episode anime seasons worth of episodes to have for just the Beerus arc, like for the, for what, what I kind of interpret as them sort of trying to capture that same magic of like, you know, what it was like to watch Dragon Ball Z on a week to week basis. I think I, I, I get, and I can appreciate definitely the, the effort of, of if that's kind of what they were trying to go for. I don't know, you're giving them too much credit. It's it's a kid's show and they want to drag it out. They want it to be successful. So they're trying to find that magical limit of how long can we draw this out without completely alienating the audience at the same time. Oh, sure. But I mean, you could even say that that's also the case for the original show because they never took any breaks. They just kept going while the manga was going. Well, th- no, I think that was completely different because there was a source material and for a while they did have a great backlog. You think about the Dragon Ball TV series versus the manga. It was, I don't have the dates in front of it. It was like a year and a half before they started the TV series. I mean, there's plenty of material. Those early Dragon Ball episodes have filler in them, but they still move at a great chapter to TV episode ratio. Um, then they got themselves into trouble later on. That's why we got the Garlic Jr. arc. Dragon Ball Super doesn't have that problem. They can literally make it as fast or as slow as they want. And this is what they decided on. Uh, well, I mean, do you do you feel like if if it were you know sped up to maybe like not as many episodes as we ultimately got? Because I think even just literally the fight between Go- uh, Super Saiyan Goku and uh, Super Saiyan God Goku and Beerus was at least four full episodes. Yeah, yeah. Do you feel like you know if it was shortened down a bit? Yes. Uh, it ne- it needed. Better? It absolutely okay. needed. It. it needed to be about three episodes less. Um, I think on our last Kanzenshu podcast episode, Heath and I talked about Toyotaro's manga. Uh, they covered an entire episode in one page. That was the bringing about Super Saiyan God. It was the oh yeah, Videl was pregnant, and here we go. Uh, like we we needed a little bit more of that. Maybe not necessarily that episode as much as that's the one I go back to. But yeah, the, the Goku versus Beerus fight, the, the two stages of that fight, the just getting Super Saiyan God and getting used to it, it was too much. It was too much back and forth and the classic cliche, what it's always made fun of for the I'm only just getting started. But then the fight out in space that also lasted just just too long. Yeah, I, I, w- I would agree. I, th- I feel that, that that part in particular, I, I, I feel that it, it, it holds to what my kind of interpretation of is like, okay, we're really trying to capture like the spirit of having these these battles go on for multiple episodes, you know, type mm-hmm. of thing from the original show. But it definitely was something that felt antiquated and not the greatest way. It absolutely is, especially in an age of One Punch Man right now where they're plowing through material. It's so interesting to compare the two types of adaptations they're doing. But you, not that again, not that Dragon Ball Super has a source material. It is the source material. But just to see the two different shonen approaches right now. I, I guess also for people who haven't been keeping up, I don't even think it's really a spoiler to say that it, it is all this, the, the, the major key points of what was established in Battle of God still happens. It's like, yeah. God of destruction wakes up, right, right, and he wants to go look for the, the the Super Saiyan God that he dreamed about, and has the prophecy coming. Birthday party, right? Well, yeah, Bul- Bulma's birthday party. They all get together. They all have a shot, and then Goku comes in. He becomes the Super Saiyan God. They fight. 
he expels his energy and he's like, all right, well, I'll fight you again some other day. And then, you know, right. continue onward. But there are key differences, one of them being how the fight ends. And it's interesting. I go back to Toyotaro's manga. I wonder how much he knew, because in the manga, it pretty much happens as it did in the movie. Very different from how it wrapped up in Super with, I'll just say, the falling asleep uh, shtick there. Chris, I want to talk to you about Beerus in particular here. I think this is the biggest thing for me. In Dragon Ball Super, before he arrives on Earth and ingrains himself with the rest of the group, we literally do see him destroying planets and almost taking glee in doing that. That's very different from Battle of Gods. I think Beerus endears himself more to us, and I think we're more sympathetic, not the right word, but I think we we like him more in Battle of Gods because we're giving him the benefit of the doubt because we haven't actually seen him kill people in Battle of Gods where he seems like more of a nice guy there, even though pretty much everything else about him is exactly the same in Dragon Ball Super. For me, it was really off-putting having it kind of validated for me like, oh, right, he kills people. Yeah, I mean, I definitely see what you mean. I, I think that I think that that was a, a, a smart decision just to show like him doing what is basically supposed to be his job. He, as you know, as as King Kai Kaio describes, the Lord of Worlds, the Lord, the Lord of the Worlds uh, describes. He he exists as a spiritual balance in the universe of there is creation and there is destruction. And and I'm okay with that, but having it shown to me, it made it a bit too real. <laughs> <laughs> that's no, the way no, I describe and, and that, it. Yeah, that's totally fair, of course. I mean, you know, in, in Battle of Gods, he is very flippant. He's very kind of immature in ways and, and a little petty, like, you know, when it, when it comes to, like, his food obsessions and just, you know, whether yeah, or not yeah. people are, are, you know, giving him nice hospitality or treating him very politely, etc. You know, the, the character is definitely still captured and he definitely feels the same. And, and I, you know, I, I think you and I, and even, even like, casual fans I know of, of just DBZ in general are, like, Beerus is, like, the best thing to happen he to totally is, yeah. Dragon Ball in, in, in so long, like just as a, a character and, and, and truly like, and, and I, and it's funny because whenever I see the very rarely, but when I see people say like, Oh, he feels like a fan fiction character. I never understand where that comes from, especially compared to like a lot of the movie villains and stuff like that, where Beerus just feels so right at home with Toriyama's like sense of comedy. I know a fan fiction character to me is super science six bulky lost forgotten science son of blah, blah, blah. Like Beerus Broly, <laughs> literally Broly. <laughs> I mean, Koyama is the professional fanfic writer for Dragon Ball. And he threw a shit fit when he saw battle of gods. Check that out. Uh, maybe you can provide a link to our translation of Takao Koyama's blog post on uh, what he thought about Beerus and, in Battle of Gods. But it's, pr it's pretty funny. It's hysterical. <laughs> but yeah, I, I feel like Beerus is Toriyama got back into his property and he wrote a villain that is everything that you go back to all of Toriyama's works. And I've been rereading a lot of some of his earlier stuff right now. It just Beerus epitomizes everything Toriyama, but fit into that Boo Arc era of too much power. The whole kind of, like, I guess the crux of Dragon Ball as it was continuing onward and onward and onward, you know, whether or not it was intended to go that long or whatever, that's, again, that's a whole other subject that you also have a section on your website about. Yeah, um, funny that. Yeah, but, like, the whole kind of deal with that is it's like, all right, well, we, we fought this character who is supposed to be the strongest enemy ever, and now we have to come up with something else to top that. It's like, all right, well, then what do we do with that? Mm. So... You know, and and I and I felt that having you know like something like like a godly character, you know, is definitely a way that that works. And I I mean I and we had done that before. I mean, how many times have we done that where we introduced God of Earth, we introduced Kaio, the the Lord of Worlds. Oh wait, there's four of them plus a boss. Oh wait, there's gods above them, the Lord of the Lords of Worlds. And now we're into this higher territory. Um, we're still talking here about though Battle of Gods as a movie in and of itself. So I'm gonna moderate your own damn show and bring us back on track here because I don't sure, no, I don't I'm, know I'm, how else to do conversations. I'm too absolutely. used to doing it this way. No, man. No, I listen. You know, you know what you know what you're doing. So take off every zig. <laughs> so I want to talk about the music of Dragon Ball Super because the All word right. I used on my show. <laughs> Show was dreadful. Norihito Sumitomo's score. Do 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 do. I can't deal with it anymore, man. 
Meanwhile, somewhere in Texas, Bruce L. Conner's like, <laughs> I knew you'd be back. <laughs> so for, again, going back to Battle of Gods, Battle of Gods, I didn't love the musical score. Revival of F, Resurrection F, I didn't notice the score. So maybe that's a peak of Sumitomo for me is that I didn't notice it. I didn't really watch much of the Majin Buu arc of Dragon Ball Kai, which he came in to do the musical score for. What I heard was pretty bad. Dragon Ball Super, it's better than that but less than Battle of Gods, which makes sense because he doesn't have the budget of a theatrical film here. Um, we translated a long blog post from Sumitomo's studio about how they were doing the Frieza movie score, and they had all these musicians and a chorus come in and do that. He doesn't have that available to him here. That being said, I still don't think he's the right choice of music. When I hear this, I don't hear Dragon Ball. And and I definitely, I, I guess I'm kind of spoiling a later conversation we were going to have off mic, but that is actually a, a podcast topic that I want to do with you, uh, like just kind of in general about the music of, of what feels like Dragon Ball. I will say uh, I have gotten more used to Sumitomo's music in terms of like, you know, it serves its purpose. It is certainly not remarkable and it does not top particularly Kikuchi stuff that just was was very like catchy, memorable, had a lot of like, you know, recurring melodies. That I need my horns, man. You, know. you don't give me horns. <laughs> I, I got nothing. It's not even so much the, the, the instrument. I mean, you know, for sure, that was definitely the brand. It, it of, is that, but um, it's also, it doesn't have that just like classic Chinese Western kind of feel. I don't know how else to describe it. I mean, the, the, the most enjoyable track in the you know in the score is the last time nah, theme, the, the Hedgehala reprise it's yeah. just it's just Hedgehala <laughs> with a beautiful orchestra I know I, it. I know it's yeah, so and, good and, but and see that's the thing it's like that's not done with like the t with like the old school type of you know like a uh, you know 80s 90s kind of synth that that are or, or in horns and stuff that DBZ had it's 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 that tune like we don't have memorable tune we don't even have no no we know, have the one memorable tune i just sang it for you that's the one no, what i'm saying is like what kids like can we can't we have i don't know some arrangements of hello 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 or yes or uh right, or, right. what is it or chose it to dynamic stuff like that something like that right which is need? which you go back to dragon ball gt with tokenaga's score we always did have that we had had um, these very quiet, solemn instrumentations of um, Hitori Janai, No Longer Alone, we, of Don Don, I'm bit by bit and slowly falling in love. We always had, like, that was part of the show. The themes were part of the show. We don't get that here. And I think that is part of Dragon Ball. We did get a little bit of that with uh, Yamamoto's Dragon Ball Kai score. We would get the occasional Dragon Soul kind of like instrumentation during the show. And I think that lends such a huge part of identifying and solidifying the show and the score as being one in the same. And Dragon Ball Super does not have that. Sure. And I mean, on that same note, too, I mean, lots of great anime do that where they'll have like, you know, a few different recurring themes that will be arranged in a lot of different ways. You know, Dragon Ball was classic for that uh, with whatever its, you know, opening and ending themes were throughout the series. Uh, you know, we're, we're kind of like the headliners for it in the, in the BGM. Right. You know, it, again, this is that's going to be a whole other subject that I definitely want to spend more time on with with your podcast. But it, it, it's. It, it does, just to kind of tease that, I guess, it does make me really curious about what the mentality is for like, okay, is this just like the style that we want to go for? Is it just cheap and it's easy? Is it just, do we think that this is like the type of thing that people are more used to on like I, I, global scale? Here, here's like, what it is. It's cheap and they don't get it. That's what it is. They don't have the money to put into it like they used to back in the day uh, with its time slot and just Dragon Ball. And I've talked about this a lot. Toei does not understand. They say they understand that Dragon Ball is a huge worldwide popular, incredible investment for them, but they don't put their money where their mouth is. And we don't have it internationally. And that makes zero sense. They did everything right with the Frieza movie. They did everything right after coming off of battle of gods and seeing what they needed to do there they got it out internationally quick they did tons of theatrical screenings in tons of countries we got our home release what two weeks after the japanese home release we can see what they're they're capable of when they understand and actually try to do something with it i don't think they understand 
Dragon Ball Super on an artistic level, on a conceptual level, and on a marketability level. Well, I, I guess that's actually kind of a good segue uh, in a few different things you just hit up. I suppose we should jump into the elephant in the room of... Of we're all pirating the show? <laughs> well, well, uh, well, I mean, uh, the animation. Let's talk... A l- and, I, and I'm not going to spend a whole year... Because re- believe it or not, and I'm an animator... I'm not going to sit here and ream how quote unquote bad it looks because frankly, and, and you know what, maybe, maybe this is not necessarily a good thing on my part that I feel this way, but it, it's, it's the way that I feel. Anime in general, especially long ongoing series with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of episodes, I don't look to in the first place for groundbreaking, beautiful looking animation to begin with. Maybe, maybe that's not a good thing, like, you know, in the first place, because it's like, okay, well then clearly I don't care. So why should they care? Well, it's you understand what Dragon Ball is in Japan. These kinds of series, the show itself is not the product. If people happen to buy the show on DVD and very few people do, that's great. The show is not the product. The show is just a big commercial like all cartoons in the 80s in North America were. The show is just a commercial for all the merchandise. And right now, Dragon Ball Heroes is the merchandise. And right now, Dragon Ball heroes is what's making the money yeah absolutely and i mean super i i i think it's it's incredible like just in the first place that we have something like super after all this time and i i i am really curious about you know inevitably hopefully when it, it does uh you know hit the u.s you know hopefully by by way of funimation because you know they seem to have a very 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 firm grasp of the fact that it is a worldwide phenomena and especially one in the North American market. And what's that- totally different for them is for Funimation, the show is the product. They don't yeah. have this giant merchandising emporium kind of supporting what they're doing. They have sure. to sell the show on Blu-ray and DVD. That's all they got. Like, yeah, they knew that the actual screenings and uh, apparently the Frieza movie made them enough money that they can kind of sit on that and, you know, live off that for a while and hopefully put that toward Dragon Ball Super. But yeah, that's what's so different about the Japanese market and the American market. For the American market, the show is the product, but it doesn't come with all the stuff that supported it over in Japan. Well, especially also in, in the case of I, 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 imagine that the point would be to eventually get it on you know cartoon network or or nickelodeon or whatever somewhere that drives everything else and that opens the door for merchandise i mean i I think back to i mean we have not had a case like we did i'm gonna say 2001 2002 where you would walk through a mall and there would just be dragon ball merchandise everywhere we're not gonna have that again with dragon ball the best we can hope for is just like the the corner of hot topic and you know, sure, well-selling yeah. video games. That's probably the best Dragon Ball's going to get in North America ever again. Well, the, cl- the closest that we got, I, I really do feel, was when Kai was airing on Nicktoons yeah. and, it, and, it, and it accomplished everything that it, it did not accomplish in Japan with bringing in a whole new group mm-hmm. of kids that did not grow up with it on Cartoon Network or right, Tsunami right. back in the day or syndicated or whatever. It, it brought back a shit ton of old school fans that were casual. It brought in hardcore fans like me who wanted to see our fantastic dub this time it hit like every cylinder and it's funny because now you know the the boo kai episodes are so like in in no matter what what a joke that is right now it's not it's not even it's not even that it's a joke it's just like nobody gives a shit right now because why would you because super yeah because super and the new movies and everything it's like oh well all right well you know it's like what else are we gonna do um but uh but yeah I, i guess but on that same note it's like i don't know super super has also had you know, even in this this time of its uh, of it, of it really only still existing in Japan, and of course people are pirating it. On that same note, I'm also kind of surprised that it's not being simulcast. I'm I'm not because this is the kind of show again where Toei says they understand what they have and think they know what they have, but don't understand the international market. They want a TV deal, and they're not going to give it to someone Funimation without having a TV deal lined up. And I'm sure there were problems with the Boo 
Ark of Kai kind of just making everything a tonal mess here. I mean, we know Funimation has the Boo Ark of Kai and have dubbed it the Boo Ark of Kai. That is not insider information. That is, they let too much shit leak out. We all know. We all know. Sorry, 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 Kyle. <laughs> not just him. I mean, so many other people. Even within, yeah. even within the extras of what Battle of Gods, like dialogue between Sabbath and I think it might even be Kali Bear. Just like what we did for Gohan and Kai, kind of thing. Like we know, guys. We we know you have yeah, it. So yeah. like that's such a huge problem where it's they're sitting on that. We know that Toei is probably the biggest problem there with all of their contractual BS. And then with Dragon Ball Super, it's like, well, I'm I'm sure I'm one hundred percent sure it's we're not giving it to someone unless you get it on TV. And Funimation's probably sitting there with Boo Arkai, Dragon Ball Super, can't say anything about anything that they're working on or have done or want to do. It's like, well, f word. Yeah. Can I, I mean, cur- well, can I curse? F- f- can I curse? Yes, you can. Fuck! Yeah. That's what they're saying. They're sitting there just screaming fuck. I mean, I mean, the the upside is is the the success that they've had with the movies has been like fantastic. Right. Like, right. You know, and that I, that I, makes it even worse. It's like, oh, just, just let us do I, super. Yeah. I know. Just let us put it out. Well, I mean, the the prospect of, of course, you know, they're doing the broadcast dubs right now, which have also been a big success, and I'm I'm very happy about that. that yeah, but Chris, that could that could never happen with Dragon. No, I I know, I un- I understand that, especially, but it's like. I, I, I know that that would have never even remotely been on the table, but it's like the way that the anime like world in the U.S. is changing so much. It's like it's you know, so and, different, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's incredible. It is nothing like how it was when Z was airing on TV over. I mean, the the other thing I think about too. We're 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 mildly off topic, but it's still worth talking about. You know. Even Pokemon, Pokemon airs on Saturday mornings on Cartoon Network. It consistently has every time. It's still more or less like the biggest like worldwide anime slash video game like you know franchise esque property like that in the world. But you know we don't we don't have stuff like Toonami anymore where there's like you know weekday afternoon cartoons. We don't have um, you know really like big Saturday morning blocks anymore like WB and Fox Box and Fox Kids and all that stuff, etc. You know, and, and Toonami as it is now is is great, and I'm incredibly glad that Cartoon Network was able to work that out. But the reality is, it, it's still like it's an it's a niche kind of audience because you know One Piece airs at what like two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, that I think, that audience isn't there anymore, like they were when I was in college fifteen years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, they, they definitely they have an audience. Like, it, it, they they would have they would have stopped it by this point if if it was not working. Yeah, again. but they, they, they've they, cut it down. It's not going to last forever. The audience for anime has completely moved to the simulcast site, which is great because the piracy is presumably down. And of course, it still exists. It's always going to exist. But it's so easy to just use Crunchyroll now and just have it within hours. It's just Hulu it's and Amazon. Great. Yeah, and, and even Funimation streaming site too, which I that's right. I mean, for, like you were saying, the broadcast yeah. dubs, all that stuff. Um, but dr- but Dragon Ball transcends all of that, so I can understand where Toei is coming from. Where it's no, that's not good enough for us because Dragon Ball is Dragon Ball. So like, I'm criticizing them for not understanding that Dragon Ball is a worldwide phenomenon and not getting it out there, like with the simulcast via Crunchyroll or Funimation. But at the same time, I do understand where they're coming from. Where it's Dragon Ball is bigger than that, so we need to roll it out bigger. At the same time. How much time have they now lost because they haven't done anything? Well, I mean, I, I do think about, you know, there, there's there's still the casual audience. There's the new viewers that of course, you know, aren't right. necessarily going to go look for. And, and they make up a, a gigantic they do. portion of that. Of course, of course. So, so, we're, so, you know, to anybody listening, we're not, we're not like, you know, oh, like, I deserve all the blah, blah, blah or whatever. Like, it's just, you know, because we're being realistic about this here. I, you know, I, I really don't know. I do wonder about that. And... Part of me also thinks about, because I guess in some way, there's some time bought in terms of, you know, what they've been adapting with the material. And, you know, we're still, I imagine we're still going to have, you know, several more months of, you know, getting through the Resurrection F stuff. I, I imagine they'll at least do, like, like as many episodes as they did of the Battle of Gods adaptation for the Resurrection F stuff. That like you, 12, sure 13 to, for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With, with some other, you know, stuff here and there. So, hey, uh, let's get back to that. So, the Beerus okay. arc, it kind of wrapped up around episode 14, 15-ish. You know, we started with about two episodes of all new material. Episode three started actually getting into that Battle of Gods material. So, yeah, we had about 12 episodes. We're gonna have something like episode 15 to episode 
episode 19, maybe even 18-ish of this interstitial material. Then we're heading into Frieza movie retelling territory. Um, I know you want to focus specifically on the Beerus arc here and our reflections on it. We've talked, uh, we started talking about the animation and I think that's what brought us on this tangent about the actual marketability and how the shows work and what it is in Japan versus America. Sure. I, I mean, I, I guess really all I have much to say about it is like, I don't really care that much. I mean, for one thing, I mean, this I know you've talked about in the podcast before with like, you know, in-betweens. Yes, we get it. They look funny and derpy when you screen cap them and show them out of context. They're in-betweens. They're not keys. Yes, there are also bad, shitty-looking key drawings. I get that, too. Right. But I, I, I guess, again, for better or worse, and maybe this isn't a good thing inherently, but long-running franchise anime-type shows like Dragon Ball, like One Piece, like Pokemon, etc., I don't go to those looking for groundbreaking beautiful visuals i'm in it for the the you know week to week characters and stories and right, right, right. that's how they pro- that's how they produce them that's how they always have they, they don't take breaks like avatar the last airbender and steven universe and you know shows that we have an equivalence to that over here it doesn't work the same yeah, so i feel totally i feel like you know, I, I, I understand because it's like, it looks bad. So right, it, it doesn't like excuse it. Sure, episode five. And the, the Japanese staff has acknowledged episode five. But I do implore all of fandom. like and, and I'm getting more and more rude over time about it. Like, we get it. Episode five looked bad. We're on episode, what, like 19, 18, yeah. 17 now? Like, let's all please collectively move on. Have you noticed how on model everyone has been lately? Can we focus on that instead? But, uh, well, I, I guess also because you were talking about the, the interstitial stuff that we have now. When I first started and, and I, you know, I was seeing those episodes that a lot of people were getting up in arms about, I enjoyed those first couple episodes so much that I'm like, okay, this new material that they're doing has me that I feel it will be worth it to get through the stuff that I already yes, know about. Yes. And, I've already, and I've already determined, it's like, yes, I like Battle of Gods, the movie, more than the quote-unquote Beerus saga of Dragon Ball Super. I, that, that's, that's my viewpoint on it. Several other people have like share it, and that's totally fine. The new stuff that we've gotten after that was done has been, if not better, than what we had in the first couple episodes. It's been so funny and like different and and just it's it's been incredibly entertaining and i don't know i i'm it, it's it's still keeping me throughout all and you know cuz we can be we're we're older we can be pessimistic we've seen a lot of shit you know it's just how it is but i don't know i i haven't been like eh, i'm done whatever I, I don't i don't care like I, I even if i can't necessarily explain what it is it's it's enough that it's that it's held me and I feel that, that is important. Yes and no. Um, on one of the recent podcast episodes, I let it be known that I fell behind on Dragon Ball Super. Um, and that's crazy to hear coming from one of the people that runs, let's be honest, the biggest Dragon Ball website in the world. The fact that I fell behind on the new Dragon Ball TV series, I think does say something. At the same time, it was a retelling of stuff that I knew so well that I kind of didn't need to watch it and it would be okay that I would catch up with it eventually because Heath was doing all the website work for me and it didn't really matter. So (laughs) now that we're into the newer material, like I can't peel myself away from it. I'm enjoying it so much. New material makes me happy. And even the most recent episode wasn't as great as I was kind of hoping it was going to be, but because it was new and it was filling in this material that we knew existed in between the two movies. And we got to see Pond's little baby, just adorable. Like it, it was, it was, was fun and it made us smile and that's what dragon ball is to me even when it's just derping along somehow it's yeah. still making me smile I, I mean literally if you if you were to really ground it down like at least for me to ground it down to just like moments of like okay the whole first episode and all the goofy stuff with goku as the farmer vegeta keeping his promise and and suffering through this vacation with his family uh you know little baby pan playing with her grandpa and and her dad and it's adorable. And, and of course, the, the most gift 
Goku getting fake punched by Mr. Satan and then grabbing the fucking <laughs> grabbing the tractor and flying up. Like, well, and that's the thing. If you think back to the original Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z TV series, they were drawn out episodes, but you can point to every single episode and say, this was the one or two key things that happened. And that's what I remember that episode for. So like we were saying, Dragon Ball Super is carrying on that spirit, whether through laziness or inadvertently, just because that's how they're making the show. It's still doing that. And that's enough for me right now. For sure. And kind of looking to the future. And I'm, I'm sure I'll probably have you back for, you know, in, in a few more. Months oh, that's when, sweet. Thank when you. The, when this happens. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I need somebody to fucking shoot, shoot all my opinions into a microphone. And maybe they'll give a shit, I guess. <laughs> whatever. Um, that's all you are to me. Uh, Resurrection F. You know, you, you also talked extensively about that on, on many episodes. Oh, my God. Did we ever? Yeah. Of course. And, uh, and, and you know, you guys day and night covering news about it, you know, all the way through beginning to end. The the first preview screening in Japan, like uh, we yeah. had that, like that's the level we were at. It was crazy. Yeah. American correspondent Julian Grabowski here, right here on the scene of the premiere of, uh, um, but, but uh, yeah, Resurrection F, you know, was a fun ride. We enjoyed it. I think both of us enjoyed Battle of Gods more as a film. Yeah, definitely. I've I've actually met a fair number of people that liked F more than Battle of Gods, and they've they've had perfectly valid reasons for it. Uh, what I'm interested in is now, as we're about to get into probably several months now of adapting the the, the Resurrection F story. Yes, is I'm curious about if the show could potentially do some things better than how they were done in the movie by having more time, uh, making better use of that time, talking about different things that weren't so much explained. Like, I think it's pretty clear that we're going to get in the flesh explanation of how they get the blue-haired Super Saiyan God form as, you know, we're kind of getting into that. Right. Well, here's what I'm looking forward to. We know, because we saw, as of the time that we're recording, the next episode preview showed that Shampa and Vados are going to show up. Um, that's that's, right. that's kind of how it was teased in Toyotaro's manga as well, even though they had already shown up in Toyotaro's manga. So I think that's one key thing I'm the most interested about for the Frieza movie retelling in Super, is the Shampa and Vados stuff in Toyotaro's manga was just the best shit in the world. That that panel where they turn around and look back through the crystal ball, like <laughs> like I I fell backward just like the Elder Kaioshin did there. Like it was just so <laughs> perfect. That's the kind of stuff I'm looking forward to seeing. And hopefully they will use that stuff within the arc. So if we're ha I always talk about the A story and the B story. Um my favorite examples of A stories and B stories was actually the X-Men Evolution show. They did such a great job with that so oh yeah absolutely so that's what i'm really hoping for with the frieza movie retelling arc of dragon ball super is that the b story is going to be the shampa and vado stuff like we saw in toyotaro's manga that'll breathe so much new life into that story to have these other things going on what we're going to lose is going to be the animation and the choreography we're not gonna get that because we don't have the budget for it in the tv series i, I mean like yeah I, I to me the highlight of resurrection f was the incredible animation because it was a movie and they they allocated the funds necessary to do something like that as opposed to a weekly 22 minute tv series it's just it's just not the same setup. And, you know, also for those of you who don't know, I don't, I don't, I mean, like just by name, uh, Shampa and Vados are the fat Beerus and the female Whis that you have probably seen pictures of everywhere. We only just recently, like, how long did it take for us to find out Vados's name? Yeah, just in the most recent issue of V Jump, which came out on October 21st in Japan. Yeah. And, and this isn't a spoiler because this has been talked about in press releases and, and statements and things, but. Well, they're in the, they're in the opening theme too, so. Yeah. I, I mean, but the, the, the idea is that after they finished, uh, adapting the two movies is that we're going to get new material that is going to be a clash between two different universes. Beerus has uh, exemplified that there are 12 different universes and each one has an, an appropriate like kind of twin to itself. And uh, so universe six is where uh, Shampa is the god of destruction of and universe seven is the one that Beerus is the god of destruction of. And uh, they want to have some sort of competition between the two as broken out by uh, the two gods of destruction who are apparently twin brothers. So that's what we know that we have to look forward to like after all of this stuff. 
But I, I definitely agree with that. Having those characters introduced ahead of time and leading up to, uh, you know, what will be all new material, you know, for you know, the foreseeable future for however long mm-hmm. they're going to go with it. Uh, that's going to be really exciting. But in the meantime, what what I'll say is the the, the beerist stuff, the the retreading of the Battle of Gods material was wh- while not the best ever, and certainly had a lot of issues that I that I'm not going to you know ignore. Uh, it it was not enough to deter me. The new material was enough to hold me, and I genuinely enjoyed it. And because of of my my mixed feelings about Resurrection F, I am open and curious about how they're going to handle that material for the oncoming episodes of the next few months. For sure. Me too. Um, Jake Herms on our site has uh, said a lot lately that he feels that the Frieza movie has a lot more to gain um, in terms of being retold in the TV series. And I agree because I don't, I, I didn't and I don't feel like there was much more you could do with Beerus um, in retelling that story in the TV series. There's literal time skips within the Frieza movie itself that they can fill in, like Frieza's training. It'll be really cool if we get a chance to see any of that. Um, as Again, as opposed to Battle of Gods, where it just kind of happens the span of what, like an hour to, and, and that's the yeah. story. Yeah. I mean, that's a great point. Like, I don't, I didn't even think about the fact that like, I mean, there, there are technically two time skips in the span of that movie. Right. Like after. the wish is made yeah. and then he's got to go train. And we, we have these times in between where stuff is happening and can be happening. And I'm sure that Dragon Ball Super is going to take advantage of that. For sure. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it's funny. You remind me of like, all right, well, we didn't get to see Trunks and Goten in Resurrection F. But the years are passing and, you know, they're right. What are they going to do? What are they going to do with them? Are they going to finally age them up or are they going to be like, oh, they're off in school today or or they're they're 13. They can still look the same kind of, I guess. I think they're terrified to draw an in-between character design for Goten and Trunks. Well, how how old were Remind me again. How old were they in the Boo arc? The Boo arc, they're seven and eight. Goten, seven. Trunks is eight. Okay, and that's so- age seven, seven, four. And Battle of Gods as a movie took place in age seven, seven, eight. So, you know, they were that much older and still looked exactly the same. So, you know, another year on top of that isn't too much and you go back and you think about the original Dragon Ball with Goku being 12 and the height he was and didn't have his growth spurt until the 23rd tournament like so there is wiggle room but I do think they're absolutely terrified to draw some kind of in-between state for these two kids yeah well well especially because you know I mean okay I I am not I mean you've you've also talked about this extensively in your podcast but I am not of the opinion that like oh they're overriding GT and blah 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 whatever I'm I'm not even that doesn't even occur to me because it's not there's still nothing that has definitively been like, that's how it is. The end. Sorry. Uh, And they're not going to do that. But uh, what I do think about is, you know, the, the Oob stuff and, you know, that time. Oh my God. How many times have we seen like, is Oob not canon anymore? Like, Oh, Uh, we can't have these conversations because they don't make sense. Well, no, it's funny too, because, you know, it's kind of interesting to think about. They, they aired the, the Bukai episode, right? They just did that. (laughs) And they, and they, and they ended the, they ended with with the last couple episodes being the oob at the the oob fight at that final tournament, right? And then Goku goes off. That technically happens, quote unquote, after all of the material that we now have in Dragon Ball Super, right? I think that's something a lot of people forget about is that Dragon Ball Super is also taking place like Battle of Gods and like Resurrection F did in that time skip between the defeat of Boo and the twenty eighth tournament, which itself is in the manga. Um, there was a kid at our uh, theatrical screening in New York um, for Resurrection F when um, they were talking about Pond. He's like, "Oh, that's a GT character." I'm like, "Oh, you didn't see the end of the series, did you?" I'm just like, "How, how could you have missed that?" Well, like, I mean, it's, it's easy to miss. <laughs> For a lot of people, the series effectively ends with Boo, so I get it. Fair enough, yeah. Or or sell, depending yeah. on who you have. True. <laughs> but uh yeah, I, I don't know. I, I do I do wonder about like, oh, you know, maybe will he be, you know, maybe Boo uh, sorry, Oob could be some type of factor in the future. I'm not sure if they would go there or what they would do with that. Right. Is Dragon Ball anything? Super going to end with the updated Kanzenban ending, maybe? <laughs> I mean, well, I, I wouldn't mind, but uh, well, because I, I guess I don't know, like, 
you know, I'm sure that even at this stage and probably well before that, they must have a, another plan far beyond like, you know, this universe six versus universe seven arc that they're eventually going to well, do. That's the thing. We don't know. We know universe six is coming next. We don't know if that's the end or if there's going to be something beyond that. They haven't hinted. We have no idea what the deal is, what the plan is. All we know is that universe six is next. And and I mean, I, I would I would say with just an educated guess, I think that they at least have like some, they, they would at least have something planned. Right. For right. like, okay, if this continues to do well, and this and takes off, really, really yeah. big into this, then we'll, we'll keep on going. You know, we can do as much as we possibly can. They have a lot of in-universe time to do stuff. So the sky is the limit, you know, more or less. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, I like. I, I guess. I guess the kind of like conclusive statement for me with this whole thing is that Dragon Ball Super has not been like, oh, this is such a travesty or whatever. Like, it it, it is definitely not like oh my God, Dragon Ball is back in full swing and everything is amazing and holy shit or whatever. But I agree. It, it's just, uh, huh, well, that's cool, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's been, like, like a lot of the new stuff, it's been an enjoyable ride. It's, it's getting me interested and I'm definitely open-minded and curious about the stuff that we're going to get in the future for sure. So Yes. Yes. Do you have any other things to, to aid or or is the, or did I say everything for you because I'm so good at that? Yeah, you, you hit everything because you're <laughs> you're smart and handsome and everyone loves you, Chris. Oh, oh, please do go on. Uh, cool. All right. Well, I I think that's gonna wrap us up. I think that's that's pretty much all we've got to say. But uh, well, my thank you for joining me once again uh, for this this past hour. Sure thing, dude. And, uh, you know, of course, I know well, you, you, you plug your stuff as per the usual. Um, okay. So, again, my name is Mike. I run a website called Konzenshu. It's a fusion of two prior Dragon Ball fan sites. You may remember a site called Daizenshu EX. Uh, I merged together with friends from a site called Konzentai, and we created a new site called Konzenshu in 2012. We date back to 1998. Uh, I am old. We do a lot of stuff with Dragon Ball. <laughs> uh, we have two people that are more fluent in Japanese that you can ever hope to be and we exploit them to the fullest potential and if there's anything you want to know about dragon ball um we have a page for you and by the way the top comment is not going to be um actually i live in japan and <laughs> japanese is my first language so uh you can fuck right off with your two white friends uh <laughs> i should say all four of us are white dudes so i don't know what that means so but... check your privilege asshole <laughs> I know. Uh, Twitter, Vegito EX. That is correct. Vegito spelled correctly, which is V E G E T T O. Yes. In, not, in E and then X at the end. Not, not, not V E, V E G I T O. Right. Yes. And yes. not Vegerot. Uh, I was waiting. I was waiting. I knew, I knew you would. Uh, that's going to wrap us up. So in the comments below, if you have been naughty little, little children and watching Super, which I'm sure probably you all have been if you've listened this far, uh, in the comments below, Give us your general thoughts on everything. Do you have, you know, any particular gripes that maybe we haven't hit up or, or anything that maybe you agree or disagree with? Do you have any favorite particular moments or episodes or anything? Have you enjoyed the Beerus adaptation for what it is? Do you maybe even like it more than the movie? Yeah, and, and I'm going to chime in. What I want to hear about specifically, and I will engage with the audience. I shall jump into the comments. Um, something I specifically want to hear about is what I was talking about earlier on, which is Beerus's portrayal in the movie versus in the TV series. Now, it's essentially the same, except for the key fact that we actually see him kill people uh i want to hear people's thoughts on that and did that paint beerus in a different light for you at all indeed and has and has beerus continued to be the highlights in the, the light in your life as he has been for us for the past year and a half beerus is the wind beneath my wings uh that'll do it so leave a comment and if you have future ideas for curblot topics let me know in the comments below i think you should talk about sonic and how he's the best bassist in the world yes the best bassist in the world i don't know man is that back when he had a band with vector the fucking crocodile is that what you're talking about <laughs> vector the croc no vector man sonic and vector man walking through a yes. bar vector man th 3d coming soon to wii u never <laughs> bye everybody